Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to our podcast titled Convert Central. We are a group of converts from Darul Akam with the intention of sharing the experiences of us converts and born Muslims for the benefit of our listeners for the sake of Allah. We aim to achieve that through relating our personal experiences and our challenges and our lessons learned to shorten the learning curve for potential converts and also for born Muslims alike who are starting to find their way in this beautiful faith. We also aim to fill the gap in awareness and knowledge about the process of conversion and its challenges from the lenses of the converts themselves. Do send us feedback through our Instagram page at Convert Central and support us by following this podcast and the page itself. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So welcome to our uh, conference portion for our Convert Central podcast. This is quite a special episode where we actually have a topic discussion and I think it will be quite interesting. We th- we, the team thought it will be interesting to bring in uh, people from different backgrounds to come and share about this issue because everyone is facing this issue nowadays and the topic discussion for today is the closure of mosques and musolas all around Singapore. So it, it causes Muslims to not be able to pray their, their, their Juma prayers. Uh, on Fridays, meals, uh, the, I mean mostly meals, and also regularly uh, on a daily basis, we are not able to go to the mosque to pray in congregation. So, with me, I have uh, five other friends today. So, uh, I'm just gonna introduce them first before giving uh, them some time to introduce themselves. So, to me, uh, with me, I have Elina. Say hi, Elina. Hi, I'm Elina. You can call me Ellie. Uh, I'm 20 years old. This I'm 20 years old, and I'm uh, half Chinese, half Malay, and I'm a uh, Second generation convert. Okay, so after that, I have Iyad. Psycho uh, Hi, my name is Iyad. Um, I'm a performing artist at the same time. Uh, how do I say this? Like, I'm in the middle of finding a job also, and then Alhamdulillah, I got a job as well. And also, um, I, su- I do spoken word, I do theatre, and then I'm a born Muslim, Alhamdulillah. Okay, uh, next, uh, we have Brother Fahan, which was our speaker for our previous episode. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi. I am 29 years old and born from Philippines. Second generation Muslim. Muslim. <laughs> and next, uh, we have Brother Kawi. Assalamualaikum. I am 22 this year and I am a born Muslim in Syria. Okay. Next, uh, lastly, we have uh, convert brother Brian. I am um, I'm Brian. I am 21 this year. I am also serving my national service right now. I am also in Syria. Uh, and me and Kawi will be going to university this year. Okay, Alhamdulillah. Okay, so uh, we Alhamdulillah we are blessed with a very uh, quite a diverse group of people here. We have uh, mixed second gen converts. We have born Muslims. We have people who are NS. I'm studying SMU myself. We have people who are working trying to find a job. So we hope to bring different perspectives to you guys today with our topic discussion. Okay, so uh, I'll just start off. Uh, the topic discussion of the day, of course, is this closure of masjid and solas. Uh, I just want to ask if this closure has have uh, you know impacted your lives in any way? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, maybe yeah, you have something to share. Okay, so uh, I'm so affected because of the sense that when the malls are very closed, it's not just affecting the congregation prayers that you cannot join in, but also at the same time the classes I have to go to. Like I have my class postponed due to this mosque closure as well. Like especially classes that are organized by the outcome itself. Like currently. I was supposed to go for a fit for modern class, but then they had to cancel it because of the mosque closure at Masjid Al Iman. So I'm like, oh no, okay. And I also can't even pray my usual prayers, like the first salat I do at Dawgufan, which is nearby my workplace. And uh, it affects me a lot, and it also affects my family as well because uh, my parents, they usually go to Wat Tanjung Mosque for uh, Monday night classes, but now that 
they can't go there because most closure they have to look into the online right now like nowadays alhamdulillah there are online kubas uh, and also uh, online classes it affect me in a way that I cannot uh, practice this second pillar of Islam prayer at the house of Allah but I have to pray on my own uh, usually at uh, my own workplace or in Musla if it's open alhamdulillah because I work at Kampus Poly currently, but then Hamla the Musala is still open. They just uh, as far as to be practicing distancing, you know. And Hamla, I, I think some malls are still open because this uh, working Jumaah, especially the the taxi driver and also people that do food delivery, they still open it in the afternoon time, which is for Zohar and Asa timing. And Hamla, it does uh, help them. I can still do my normal thing is just that it's home like my home is my masjid technically okay so uh, brother Iyad has shared some of the things that really affect all of our all the Muslims in Singapore so fundamentally the closure of Noah's and, and Musullah we can't pray our congregation prayers and our Friday prayers and also uh, a lot of classes I think mostly all classes in Singapore they have cancelled their uh, you know their physical uh, you know their locations where when physical locations when they conduct their classes they bring it online so uh, what, what about uh, the others, you know, other than these aspects, I'm sure there are specific areas in your lives that, that has been affected by this. Well, um, I want to bring up a point about what you said about the, um, bringing classes online. So I think pre- uh, previously we don't see ma- many organizations taking part in this online, online broadcasting of classes. But I do think that people whose schedule do not allow them to go for these kind of classes usually if the classes will be brought online and if they were to be recorded online and if they were to be accessible anytime then it would allow people who have a tighter schedule to be able to engage in these classes also okay, so, so actually I think it's like a blessing in schedule right? I, I think that, it, I think that it, it really is because previously um, well, there's this app so there's this uh, Alcuba Academy has an app which, even before the coronavirus hit, they've been rec- rec- recording and putting classes online. Um, so, to my own personal experience, I found that, that the app was very useful because it allowed me to, and not only the app, not only the app, but any lecture on, on YouTube also, allowed me to listen to the lecture while I'm on the train, on, on the bus walking from place to place. So it'll, it gives you greater flexibility in terms of taking classes because you can now take, take them online. So I feel that now the coronavirus going on, pushing all the classes online has now opened up a new field, a new field I guess. It's no longer a potentiality. It's a, it has become a, a reality where we can see that it, could, it can be done. So I feel that maybe this experience might cause more people to to push, to push for an online platform yeah. even after the wave of virus has passed, yeah. and that might increase the accessibility of classes and and Islamic lectures. Because if you if you for someone who is working from home or even someone who's after coming back from work, right? Yeah. Let's say for example, someone who's who's work who's working, you might come home take care of the kids and and do household chores. So you cannot go for, for classes because your responsibility is back at home. However, with the with the with the advent of more online classes, you could play in the living room 
or you're doing your chores, then you have the kids having a meal, mm. then you could listen, watch the path. So it, I really feel that um, this is one blessing that this has brought for us. Even though the masters are closed, you can't pray, you can't go for classes. I do think that um, this is one great benefit that, that is present. Yeah. Actually, I'm sure when, when classes started to get cancelled, you know, classes at Alcam, you're going to get delayed for three weeks. Uh, classes in various Muslim societies around in the universities, they started to get cancelled around different masjid also, they started to close. We all started to be afraid, you know, maybe for a few months leading to Ramadan, we're not going to have any classes, right? Uh, I'm sure uh, almost, I would say for myself and my friends around me, all of us felt a, a kind of like a scare, we're not going to have classes. And we, we thought, like, okay, this is, this is really, you know, going to be a, a challenge for us. But, but you, you, you turn around and just barely two and a half weeks later, you, you start to see almost every organization they are putting their classes online. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something where Allah takes away your physical uh, presence at the mosque. But now, now, instead of you having to be at the mosque, you can just be anywhere you want to be and you can listen to classes, which of course for one, it doesn't, it doesn't replace the experience of being at the mosque, but it brings so much more convenience to people. You know, instead of just seeing it as like a you know, challenge or trial, yeah, it, on, on, you know, on the other hand, you start to see a lot of people potentially getting into classes. You, perhaps the, the people going for classes online now might be even higher than those who are in classes physically because now around the island they can make it. And previously when I want to watch classes online, I don't have a lot of Singaporean options, you know, like when you have Muslim here on, on YouTube and, and, and Al-Qur app. But now, what, what a blessing. If I want to go online, I can just see which masjid or which organization is live streaming even right now. I can pick. I want to listen to Fik. I can listen to Fik. I want to listen to Tawheed also. Ramadan also have, you know. What a big blessing actually, And now that you think about it. So, yeah, that is really such a, quite, quite a you know, valuable gem that we've gained this time around. And it's also one, one more thing. I think, for example, if you, if you were to live, to, to live in the West and there's a class at masjid, it's the car. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not going to travel all the way there just for one hour. One hour. I mean, you might, and some people do, and mashallah, that's very respectable. You know, to travel all the way from like, for example, Jurong or Woodlands <laughs> to Pasiris or Baliba. It's, it's quite a distance. But not even someone who lives in Woodlands can watch a class and actually all this thing for. Yes. As easily as someone yeah. else who lives next to Masjid Al-Stikha. Okay. So I think we, we actually have a sister here, Sister Lina, who lives in Woodlands. And uh, as what, what I always you know, advocate to my friends, uh, my theme for, for us being a Muslim in Singapore is East Side, Best Side. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to get uh, your opinion on this. Do you feel like you know, now that classes are online, you, you find it, is there a change to your routine? So there's definitely a change. Like, like what uh, Iyad and Brian has mentioned. So like, no physical classes. Uh, I used to have classes in the east. Every <laughs> so day. At, uh, Maybe like twice a week. Um, yeah, twice a week last. And then, so now it's all online, which is actually quite. It's good. Uh, it's it's more convenient also, and it's yeah. I I I like it. Uh. Even though of course like being in real person with a teacher right in front of you physically is also has a lot of benefits so, so uh, this is for general like classes Islamic classes let's go into specifics right so uh, Farhan you are working uh, at Harbour Front Centre so did, did, did the closure of the masjid or, or musulas affect you in your work life or, or beyond that anyway 
Of course. So it's a lot of changes uh, when the Masala and uh, Masjid usually go for morning in Wakanjung for, for my super prayer. Yeah. But for now, I need to pray in my outlet itself. So I go in my kitchen or even in the staircase. I pray my um, subur and uh, azar and zuho. So Maghrib and Isha is at home. Okay, okay. So actually, like right now, there's there, there's not much changes, right? Because normally your routine is just praying at work and then praying at home. Then what about for the army boys? Like, is there any like anything that affects you guys? So, so usually, usually after cause my my where I serve my NS is at Ubi. So usually afterwards, I would I uh, might have dinner by by a neighbor before on the way home. So. Previously, my usual routine would be to eat by the morning. After eating, it would be around 7-ish. So that would be about the time for Maghrib already. Right, so... Now, I would have dinner first. And if my dinner ends 7 for 45, by the time I reach home, I would already miss Maghrib. Whereas previously, I could just head, walk over to the masjid and just pray. It perfectly in time. So that does limit your options, I guess. And it also does and not only after not only, not, only, not only after NS, but I think nowadays also if you wish to go out, um, you can always pray at the staircase, yes. But if you're more if you're more particular, then it makes it, uh, it decreases the options of when and where you want to go out because usually if let's say you were to choose to go to a place where there is a musul nearby or there is a masjid nearby where you can com conveniently do your Prayers now it's now it's very tough because you know, so even 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 a place that was previously very prayer prayer friendly like the area around Masjid Sultan uh, now, now it's very tough because yeah. you know you can't pray you can't pray there and so I feel that and I saw one very very recently on someone's Instagram story where they put they put before and after of Hadili. So before that it was full, now it's really empty. Yeah. It's scary. I think, uh, but that might also be partially because of the virus and stuff, not, not because of the, the, the closure yeah. of the mosque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. they so, do close all the entertainment centers also, right? Including the night clubs. Yeah, yeah, but like, with regards to the masjid and the closure of, closure of the mosque and, and the mosque, I do feel that the, the fact that was it sometimes open for prayers? Mm. This fact does um, Muslims go to pray might eat around there, might patronize the stalls around the area. So it's also bad for business because they no, no, no longer patronize the store. So I guess it's very interesting to see. It's also very unfortunate to to see how something so so small can have such a big impact. So in initially, for you guys, when you first heard that your masjids are going to close. Like, uh, what was your reaction to it? And over time, did it change? Like, because uh, my, my personal experience was that when I thought the masjid was going to close, I, I was like, okay, you know, it makes sense. And then I, I didn't understand the inconvenience it would bring to my life. So, subsequently, I started to get slightly angry. Like, why do they have to close the masjid? You know? Uh, why, why, why does it uh, also building on, on or, you know, previously they, they held a civil defense bill and then, you know, there's a lot of talk on, online about uh, why do they have to hold in the mosque and then now they're closing on the mosque 
and and people start to get angry. That was my initial reaction. And then subsequently, alhamdulillah, the positives of social media, you start seeing posts like, yes, uh, the malls are closed, but you, you start to see that we are we've been taking it for granted. You know, like the the niyamah that Allah has given us. Uh, you you think that the malls will be there because you own it. It's the house of Allah. It can't be touched. And then so so many of us. We start taking it for granted. We don't go to the mosque to pray. We think it's always for us. You know, when we are there, we don't even we don't respect the sanctity of the place. And then after that, it gets taken away from us. And we start to see how things are difficult when we don't we we, we don't have mosques around when we be taking it for granted. And then now, like my opinion has been changed. You know, like for me, I think that we should socially being socially responsible Muslims support the closure of the mosque and we should understand that uh, to, to not be angry at the situation or why it's happening but to understand that there's a wisdom behind everything and I don't think this particular wisdom that we've been taking the mosque for granted would have been taught in any other situation like this had to happen for, for, for Muslims especially in Singapore we are so privileged we are talking about Brother Carlos and um, Brother Carlos not having a mosque anywhere in Spain to pray you know, Singapore, we just walk down the street, there's, there's Batanjong, there's Darul uh, Akam, there's Masjid Khalid and everything and we take it for granted and subsequently, now it goes to the next step, you think about it if our lives haven't been changed by the mosque closure or the musola closure, then isn't there something slightly wrong that we're not including the mosque in our real life? I'm guilty of it, my life hasn't changed much because I, I, I'm centred around SMU uh, I have a mosque right beside the campus, it's Bangkulan, I don't go there much so I reflect upon my life not changing much even though the mosque has changed and uh, the mosque has closed and, and I realized that yeah, there's something wrong. I'm a Muslim. I've been taught to love the house of Allah. There's a hadith on Allah providing me shade if I to love, love the mosque, you know. But now the mosques are closed and I feel it but there's no actual change to my life. That, has, that was my experience, you know, coming from the start of the, the issue to me uh, understanding why it had to be and then after that uh, getting my own reflections of it. You guys have something like this similar to it that, that you guys can share? Because for initially when I heard about the mosque closure, before that it was for a few mosques or something because of the people that went to the Tafli meeting or something and then it closed at first to sanitize the place and then it becomes all the mosques. Oh this is so like unfortunate because this has never happened before in history in Singapore because mosques are never closed until Specifically, this COVID nineteen going on, and then it's really like upsetting because when we last heard the SARS, they don't even close the mosque yet because it's not that severe. But knowing that COVID nineteen can spread that easily, because I just saw one video from Muslim SG on how this coronavirus can spread when starting for the sneeze, and then it spreads to the 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 tudung, and then also the floor mats and everything. I'm like that. I think there's a reason why they close it at the first place, just so that it curb the spread of this coronavirus going on and it's understandable to me after seeing that video I mean my initial thoughts is like oh my I cannot pray at all I'm really very disappointed but of course my parents will feel the same way but then as time goes by we try to like understand the situation that we're in and then like find alternatives with this this is why we had online classes Hamla, we pray at home together Hamla. like Hamla, I take it as a little blessing to me because to be honest I have not been having a lot of home time to myself because I have been attending a lot of classes to myself but now that I cannot go to mosque anymore and my class is cancelled and usually online broadcast I'm like, okay, I'll just stay at home then and just be with my family I'm like, All that at one thing, uh, when I first heard about the masjid closing and all the musallas closing uh, 
at first I was very upset because you know like it does decrease you do feel con constrained you know you do feel that our well, options are now lesser and because of that you feel very limited so there was one, there was one time I was out for dinner with my friends and my family so we wanted to go to a musala to pray but we realized it was closed so we went to, to, we went to a different mus musala in the opposite building but it was also closed so in the end we prayed at the staircase so that, that incident I was quite I was quite, quite upset because uh, we wasted quite a bit of time it was quite, actually it's, it's five of us here. <laughs> we, 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 we did waste Yeah, because we, the, the place we went to for the buffet, it was supposed to have musala. So basically we left the, 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 the buffet place at like 7.15. We can't finish our maghrib at 7.30, 7.35 yeah. later. We cannot finish our maghrib at time? Eight, around 8. <laughs> yeah. So look at the kind of, you know, uh, blessing that our mosque and musulas have been in our lives. You know? At first we thought it's the mosque closure. Then suddenly the musulah also close. Yeah, it, it, it was quite frustrating at first. But yeah, yeah. And then I, I was, I, was, I thought to myself, why, why is this occurring? Prayers are such an integral part of the Muslim's life, and why would they, why, why would they take that away? But then after a few as the days passed, I realized that you know, this, this, the importance of the preservation of life might, in some cases, be be prioritized over. Your worship, and I think may, may Allah bless the people who made the decision to close these these places because if they hadn't done so, it might the situation might be worse than it currently is. Yes, yeah. so sister, and you have something to share. Uh, okay, so my <coughs> reaction was a bit different. I, I never saw it as a frustration, or I, I never got angry because for me, uh, it really made, made sense. And I really trust my uh, our Mufti and uh, Mufis and everything. Because they are the people with knowledge. Now I have no knowledge. I have no blah blah blah. <laughs> so so um yeah, so even uh, Friday prayers I am not affected lah, but then like um it really <laughs> but like um it really makes sense. Is it you know people without knowledge will be, might might feel upset and angry. But just we have who are we? Leave it to the Mu'is and Mufti So uh, for me it always made sense and I was like okay like this happens let's cut down okay. but, but of course like there's a lot of factors to why people um, like to go to the mosque and I also like so it wasn't anger but there was like sadness like, because like mosque is like there's some people that like really cannot pray at home man. Like, it's like it's just the vibe at mosque is just a lot more uh, brings you closer to that spiritual state. Absolutely, like, yes, for sure. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, and like, and and like, jamaah is so, like, it's so. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, jamaah is like really like very good lah. Like, but less than ten. Who <laughs> 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 was talking about back then? Yeah, oh, like, okay. then it's like you not know, something that I like. is like really jamaah. Like, yeah. I really look forward to jamaahs when I like go. Like get to go to masjid and stuff like mm. that, and like of course like wudu also because like taking wudu in like it's normal so public toilet yeah. is it's really inconvenient yeah. Uh, yeah. So so musallas and um, masjids yeah is is convenient for wudu is is more like better for like the kushu and everything. 
and of course like classes and everything else. So of course like there was a bit of sadness. Um, yeah, how did you do like was there anything that happened that, that caused you to I think it's really to remember that that um what's that called? Have faith in your scholars. <laughs> Firstly yeah. trust your leaders. Yeah. And second is also like um there's a lot of many alternatives. Uh. Don't look at the negative. Mm. Because like for example classes, there's a lot of online classes now. And for example, praying like yes like it's it's a bit less convenient but like we are Muslims, we are supposed to be able to pray anywhere. And also like two two days ago, uh, I had my wudu from home and then um but I bought something and I broke accidentally broke my wudu uh, when I paid the cashier. So so and there wasn't any toilet nearby, so I had to use my own like water bottle and then like wasted half of my bottle. Not wasted lah, okay. <laughs> but like, used half of my bottle to take wudu and then uh, find a staircase and for like so so, yeah. so it's like it's really a reminder like, that we can really pray anywhere. What's that? What? Sorry, just one short point on that. You said you use half your water bottle, right? I think I think it's also a reminder of how much water we can actually not not have to use during our normal. One of the privileges we enjoy the most is we have to worry about water we take wudu. Yeah. Now that we are we don't have the most anymore, we have to check out water and realize how much water you've been using. Yes. <laughs> yes. The good thing that yeah. they have to show us that even at the masjid itself, right, we can yeah. use that song. So yeah. okay, let's squeeze out a bit and yeah, let's yeah, use yeah, yeah. Yeah. it. Helps, right? yeah. so every little bit, imagine saving the amount of water every single day for like mm. for the next forty years. Mm. Right? Here after a day of judgment, right? That, that, that might be in your book, you know, that might be a really good thing to present to Sure. Ali brought up a very very good point. Uh, how we choose to act in a way that that represents us as a uh, individual in society. When you talked about when Alina talked about uh, those people who were angry and, and some people were voicing our opinions, really uh, we saw it on social media. Everyone was saying, "Why do you have to close the mall?" Blah blah blah. This is what this is what this is unfair. Blah blah blah. And and there is a way to use your social power. Everyone has a, a degree of social power, right? But we see a positive side of social usage, a kind of action that will bring about positive, prophetic social change. Uh, this was a term coined by Ustaz Musin. Uh, uh, so positive social change that is guided by your uh, the, the, the actions of the Prophet Wasallam, where you see how the videos that are on Instagram now, like how viruses are transmitted. You walk into the mosque, you salam your, your brother after you sneeze, it's transmitted to him. And, and videos like this show you why mosques have to be closed. Uh, Instagram posts that, that quote tweets from, from scholars that, that tell you why uh, why it's irresponsible to have to have classes now at this point of time where the directive of your of your Islamic organization, your country is telling you that we are stopping most activities because we don't want congregation. We still carry on to have congregation. There's no point in, in, in doing so to go against the directive because now that the mosques are closed, it is exactly for that reason why the mosque is closed. It is actually a very positive way to use social media, you know. So a lesson we can learn here is that there are different ways to react. We can we can react angrily, and and like you say, we, we, because we, we don't have the knowledge, we think we know better sometimes. Then we start getting angry. We say, okay, you know, they shouldn't be closing. You should have tawakul, you know. Uh, you know, you, you should have tawakul. You won't get virus. Even if you wash your hands, you won't stay at home. Allah want you to have the virus. The virus are coming through the window. No, no, no. Right. You, you it's, it's still true. It's, it's still true. It's, it's, but still the true. fact that it's how is that true? We tie the camel and then we, we, we forget the part that we have to tie the camel. 
So from from in the words about Mufti, he 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 posted a very uh, amazing uh, post on why mosques have to be closed, why this uh, congregation has to be stopped. It's because this is tying our camera. We have to make sure that we, we are number one responsible Muslims in the society. We are part of society as well. So Islam is also being responsible in society. This is how we tie our camera. Then we ask for the blessing of Allah to make sure that our ummah is safe from this bad illness. So this is these are scholars that have the peripheral view. They have studied and they know. You know, they are using their power for good social change. Individuals, they are reposting this, they are making videos to show why this directive it should be respected and understood. They are doing positive social change. It's up to us to choose, you know, and, and this situation really shows how, you know, I think I was not uh, behaving in a very productive way at the start, but after I understood this, I realized that, you know, this actually helped me. Social media helped me. It's not all bad. It's how we choose to use our, you know, uh, social power. Yeah. I mean, adding on to this, I also want to honor the um, the Muiz, uh, the Mufti people because I just realized there's a new Mufti already. Yeah, he just came in and then he just it's very understandable. He also like have a lot of hadiths, like especially when it comes to suspending all our fighting prayers. He also yeah. made a hadith to support that that is not really obligatory for that. And I'm like, mashallah, this is like I'm like. I'm speechless for this. I'm like, there's a new Mufti here. He just made the right move here, mashallah. And I also heard from him that this is going to be like a different Ramadan this year already. Because knowing that we can't do Tawari prayers anymore, we also can't even uh, go to the mosque anymore. You can't have iftar outside also. Like, if you want to have iftar, you have to thank people or less. And the only people you can do that is within our family. And mashallah, like, okay, this is going to be a very different Ramadan. But let's just hope that inshallah, uh, when inshallah comes in, that we can have a blissful Hariraya eventually. Like, you, like, because we're used to Hariraya when it comes to like open houses, you have more than 10 people or something. So like, inshallah, I just hope this COVID-19 can die down and then we're able to enjoy this joyous moment. But inshallah, um, yeah, let's just pray that this COVID-19 can die down and can at least get back to our normal lives, going to the malls and sitting um, but this is our faith that for me right when the mosque closed since I'm in a, in a mosque youth this year uh, not just this year like in, yeah I've been very looking forward to like giving back to the community as a part of the mosque youth but when it's closed right you just like Brother Yad said uh, last time that you have to spend more time at home and then when you spend more time at home that you realise that although you try to find more responsibility, more ways to help out the community. Sometimes you, in the end, you just <laughs> you have been neglecting some responsibilities at home. Mm. So I think that's one good thing about things that happen in isolation is that you realize that maybe there's certain problems that Allah wants you to fix first inside your homes before you He wants you to fix it, uh, fix the community around you. Because uh, one of the most important uh, ways to change the communities within your own social circles first, right? And uh, I just want to go into one last part of this, this discussion. I think it's something that, to me, is very, very interesting. So with the closure of malls and musolas, people have actually started their own initiatives to actually open up their own spaces for, 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 for prayers. So their own private property as musola. So I, I just want to know, like, do you guys think that this is a right thing to do or better not, not right or bad but rather like what are your opinions on this and and we'll end with like if you if you think your if your friend is doing something like that what tips will you give them because obviously there's both sides to this right they are both good and bad like we talked about we juggling the directive of movies but still 
we can't deny that it is needed. From personal experience, we know that spaces like these are needed. How, what tips would you give them to balance out, if they were to balance out the situation, if they were to provide their own spaces for musola? Like, do, do you guys have any opinions on this? Tips? I would say uh, it is a good initiative, but um, of course you have to keep ten people at a time because. Uh, to curb the spread at the same time, uh, wash your hands, that's really important and also at the same time, have your own personal prayer mat which I believe everyone else are told to do so and also have your own doodum for the ladies and also um, yeah, just practice good hygiene and also social distancing because I noticed that they have also good social distancing especially for Janazah prayers also like Janazah prayers, instead of close together, they had to put that one meter gap between each other so I thought I don't know if this applies to having this kind of uh, private poverty musola that's going on right now. Okay, anyone else? I think it's quite a good initiative because it enables the community spirit in Muslims, which is very integral in Islam, the spirit of community. However, like, we should always take social responsibility and make sure we disinfect our place and uh, take the necessary steps because uh, if somebody relieves the problem of a Muslim in this world, Allah will relieve the problems of that Muslim in the hereafter. I think the directive now, um, that all this more, the encouragement is to stay at home. Mm. Right? So, I do think that opening up these prayer spaces goes against the, the efforts to reduce the spread, the spread of the, the, what the, what the virus. But the question still, still remains, if you don't open up these places, how do Muslims pray outside? But I do think that the answer to the question is that, and this may sound a little bit harsh, but you know, tough time for money to make tough decisions. Um, may, maybe it's not the best time to be outside. Maybe the best thing is to just is to stay at home. So if you're at home, you wouldn't have to um, deal with the concern of praying outside. But I said but there also are the, there's also there's also the case where you your job requires you to work outside, you know. You have, you have to be outside. Um, and that's why I think the masjid's open for the working job. So I think initiatives like this, when it's done very in a very controlled se- controlled setting where they on um, their standard operating procedures to sanitize the the area itself, there's a limitation of how many people can enter at a time. I think these, these efforts are good, whereas if you open it up yourself, there might not be these procedures in place. Yeah. And because of that, um, there is not, there is no, it's not controlled. Because it's uncontrolled, mm. it might lead to mm. um, unfortunate consequences. So I do think that it's important to give people outside people who have to be out and, 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 and about a place to pray. But I do also think that it has to be controlled. So it's somewhere in between. So, so like this, there's a few sides to this situation, right? So it's not just a matter of if you are sincere, you, you open up a place and you give people a chance to pray because now it comes into the point of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Where in a case where, let's say, oh, we, are, we are very fervent, you know, we want to come to, you know, there's a need to be filled, we have to feel the need. And then we start opening our spaces, but we don't have the resources to manage it properly. 
we don't have we don't disinfect it properly, we don't have the resources to clean the telecom or something properly. Because of that, the places that we open become a cluster. They they in turn become a source of where this virus can spread from uh, 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 you know from being just thinking about putting effort for the deal, you forget about your responsibilities and then you you you, you end up being socially irresponsible and causing more harm. Defeats the entire purpose of bringing benefit to community. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is that if you want to, you can, but make sure that you have the the, the ability to disinfect your places. You know, in, in school, you're thinking should we close up Musola or should we even include the local Sajana? That why people don't have. If you want to include it in, in our SMU Musola, uh, then we will have to undertake the responsibility to clean it every, once every day or twice every day. Yes. Do we have the resources to? If we do, then go ahead, open it up, let it use it. But if we don't, then we should at least know that we we, we pray for the Ummah, but we don't want to be the reason why the Ummah takes another hit because of, of, of how we handle our our responsibilities. So I, I think, if you were to ask me, I think you should. If you can, you should. But if you cannot, understand that your role isn't to open up Musulah. Your role is to be socially responsible as a Muslim and follow the directives that the Mufti have, the, the, the have given you. Unless you really have the resources, you know that you are sure, then ask for Allah for blessing and then go ahead. I think that, I, I, that would be my opinion, you know. Like, do it at your best of your ability, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So I would just like to add a disclaimer, since this is our first discussion here, we are all amateurs at how to handle social media and, and, and anything. So whatever we share here is really purely of our opinions. We might be right, we might be wrong. We, we are not aiming to you know incite our opinions into any of you guys. Where we guys have something to learn from that and alhamdulillah we hope that Allah accepts our efforts. So uh, we really thank you for tuning in and listen to listening to our discussions. We we hope that Allah grants ourselves, you know, uh, blessings through this uh, benefit that we bring to you as well. Uh, we we just also would like to indicate that whatever that goods that whatever things that you can benefit from this podcast will come from Allah and whatever things that would stray you from the path will come from ourselves. So please forgive us. We uh, this is a long one, so thank you for hanging on with us. Uh, let's just end the session with uh Tasbika Farah and Surah As Subhanaka Alhamdulillah, thank you so much guys for joining us for our first ever discussion forum today. We really thank you for, for your presence. So, bye guys. Bye. bye. bye.